0: If you knew about my son's interests and things he likes to do, you would find that you had more in common with him than by just looking at him and saying, oh, he looks very different. He doesn't speak the way I do. I can't understand him. There's no way I could have anything in common with them.
1: What are we supposed to do when somebody says to us that our child or teenager or adult with unique needs makes them uncomfortable or makes their child uncomfortable? Ouch, right? It really stings to hear something like that. And yet, what is the best way to respond? How can we grow from this? How can we help others grow from this? It's a really important question. And we have a great guest for you today to help us answer that. Hi Brave Friends, welcome to Brave Together podcast with Jessica Pate. I am your host and I'm so happy to be here with you and excited for you to hear from Larkin O'Leary, who is the president and co-founder of Common Ground Society. She and her husband Peter have two kids, James, eight, and June Bell, who's three, her son James was born with Down syndrome, hearing loss, and a host of medical issues. He is her inspiration to create change. Larkin is determined to redirect the gaze of society to see the strength that lies in our diversity through educating our community about people with disabilities. Larkin has done over 120 presentations to a wide variety of audiences about how to be inclusive in society. She is a passionate educator-turned-advocate who will change the way we view and interact with people who are disabled. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Larkin. Welcome to the show today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And could your name be more Irish? <laughs> is Larkin O'Leary Irish?
0: Are you Irish by background? Have I ever asked you that? I, n- my husband is Irish. I'm like Scots-Irish and somehow yeah. it just, you know, I, but when I try and pretend like I'm Irish, I always sound more pirate than Irish. I'm not sure like I I, I guess I'm just <laughs> not good at <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I am so glad that I could reach out to you with this question. In our private Facebook group for We Are Brave, there was this really great discussion about What do you do when a friend or family member says, your child kind of makes my kid uncomfortable? And how do we respond to that gracefully? Because it hurts. It really hurts. And I know you're the expert on really educating the community at large about inclusion and about kindness and saying hello and not being afraid. And so I know that you are the right person for me to reach out to on this topic to give some comfort and some tools to our listeners. And, you know, let's just talk about the problem at large, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the most important part, right? Like, so ableism, have you heard the term ableism before? I'm sure you have. Yes,
1: yes. But let's
0: define it for our listeners ableism is defined as the discrimination in favor of able body persons. So just like other isms, racism, it's taking what we know and what we don't know, and then using it against people. And in our lives growing up, there has just been a lot of ableism and things. And I always define, I always think about it as you don't know what you don't know until you know, that's my tagline, trademark. So (laughs) I feel like oftentimes people are scared of what they don't know. We all feel that sense of fear when we see someone who we perceive as different from us, be it different abilities, different the way we look, the way we dress, the way we act. All of those things can be scary when you don't understand it. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I still feel that fear, right, when I see someone that I perceive as different. But since having my son, James, uh, James is eight years old, and he has Down syndrome and hearing loss, and I didn't know people with disabilities really before that. I mean, as a teacher, I, I had students with autism in my class, but I didn't really... You know, I wasn't immersed in that and now I am. (laughs) And so it's a constant uh, state of learning for me and figuring out, you know, how to help our community get to where It's not on the backs of the people who are disabled to understand how to be accessible and inclusive and all of those things, but rather, like, we as human beings should be looking out for one another. How do I better serve you? How do I better, you know, include you? And so, you know, I'm on a mission to do that with our nonprofit. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so grateful that you're out there. So, let's talk about how when somebody says to us, your child makes my child uncomfortable or I'm uncomfortable around your child. Let's just validate our own feelings when we're on the receiving end of that because I think moms can feel very hurt and you can easily shut down and really wall up towards that person, especially when it's somebody who knows us And loves us or somebody who's in part of our circle, right? And part of our immediate community. I'm not talking about a stranger at Target. (laughs) I'm talking about a friend or family member. And so let's then dive deep. We could feel very reactive and really angry towards that person. But what's really going on for us is grief. Wouldn't you say? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yep. Thinking about how if your child didn't have X, Y, and Z going on, this conversation wouldn't be happening. Your child would be playing with the other kids just fine or eating food just like the rest of the kids or, you know, all of those things. And that is, you know, absolutely valid. As moms of kids with disabilities or any sort of difference – we have grief over and over and over again and every new situation you get that feeling of grief and it's not for it's not for like not loving your child with your whole entire body and and self but we have these expectations of what our life is going to be and when things change or our life isn't exactly as planned which i mean in reality, like that rarely happens anyways, but in the sake of our kids, you know, it's like, it's, it's hard and it's okay to feel those feelings. I mean, we should be feeling those feelings because if not, they go down deep and they come out and could come out in a situation like this. Right. So it's important to acknowledge those feelings for sure. Thank you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, if we are able to practice pausing right before being reactive i'm still a work in progress on this in general Me too <laughs> mainly with my family anyway but if we are able to pause and think about what if i were in that person's shoes we could say right. it's understandable that you feel yeah. uncomfortable because my child is, is behaving differently or looks differently or talks differently. So I can see where you're coming from.
0: I think in every situation in life, it's so important to pause and put yourself in the other person's shoes. Whether we're talking about this or any sort of situation, taking pause and really thinking about where the other person is coming from, if they're not immersed in our community, it is different and that's okay. I mean, everybody's different, but when you're immersed in our society, it's it's more prevalent, I guess you'd say, to see the differences, feel the differences, hear the differences, and it can be scary. It can,
1: it can. So when you and your team go out to do these presentations all over the place, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Larkin, what are the things that you share with
0: kids, with adults with all ages. So uh, the important piece to me to always share to really anyone is the fact that I, first and foremost, am a human being. My son, first and foremost, is a human being. And when we're talking to kids and we do our elementary presentations, our elementary school presentations are based more around connecting the elementary students to my son, right? My son loves Paw Patrol. He loves playing with his friends, and then it's connecting them to the fact that We are more alike than different. If you knew about my son's interests and things he likes to do, you would find that you had more in common with him than by just looking at him and saying, oh, he looks very different. He doesn't speak the way I do. I can't understand him. There's no way I could have anything in common with them, right? And we have this backwards introduction video that I've I've created that can be used anywhere where we talk about similarities before they see the difference. Right. And I think that's really huge, especially for our middle and high school kids who who have a hard time when they look at someone they perceive as different. It's an automatic judgment. And I think as human beings, we just do that anyways. I know I still do, even though I'm immersed in this community and I'm vested in bettering myself. That initial part is like, oh, I don't know what to say or do. or I don't know how to interact or what if, what if, what if. Right. What we encourage people to do is push past that feeling of fear and get to know somebody you perceive as different. What if they can't or don't talk back to you? You know, that's okay. There's usually someone there who can help. And even if not, maybe they communicate in a different way. We use gestures. Maybe they use eye gaze, you know, really like meeting someone where they're at. And even if they're unable to communicate with you in a way that you understand, we are certainly appreciate just being noticed because we all like to feel like we matter. I have the story of one of my friends who was on a field trip in her preschool with her daughter, who has an intellectual disability and she was limitedly mobile. I believe she had a walker at that point. And they went on a field trip. And not one single person, not one single parent from that entire field trip the entire day acknowledged them. The eye gaze was off. (sighs) People didn't look. People didn't talk to them. And that stuck with that family. And this story sticks with my heart because, you know, just a simple smile and, hey, how are you? My name's Larkin. What's your name? Oh, okay. Well, I see you have a basketball on your shirt. Do you like playing basketball? Finding a ball, letting them touch the ball, even if they can't throw it, or throwing the ball and letting them watch it. You know, My son loves watching people throw baskets and and roll balls and things like that even if he can't speak, he can gesture and tell you those things. And so being able to find those similarities and just, you know, finding your brave, we are brave together, right? Finding your brave and, <laughs> yes. and being brave together in this, um, in this pursuit of inclusion and making people feel that sense of belonging. Our tagline is it starts with hello and ends with belonging. And it's, it's so true. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. I love that. As you know, I'm big on belonging and having a sense of belonging for us moms, and you're doing that for our children. So it's definitely this uncomfortableness, is that a word? (laughs) This discomfort that we feel with something that is different is, you know, indicative of a larger problem. And, And you've already said this, like, we need to get to know and embrace and include people who are different from us, who mm-hmm. think differently, who believe differently, who look different, who, whose right. culture is different than ours, whose language is different than ours, whose family culture is different than ours, whose learning styles are different, who yeah. have different senses of humor, whatever it is, like it, different is okay and welcome. Yes, yes. Different is okay and welcome.
0: And what a boring world it would be if we were all the same, right? I mean, there's this great book. And I always implore families when they have a hard time talking about their children to other families. Not only can our presentations help and our presentations we can do virtually, we can create individual presentations for families to be able to use at their schools, but also like inclusive books and talking about there's this one book called Just Ask by Sonia Sotomayor. And it talks about the fact that there's all these different flowers in the garden, right? And all these peas and corn and all these different things that grow. And some need to grow in the shade. Some need to grow in the sun. Some need to be trimmed regularly. Some need to be left alone, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's so beautiful because it it really, like, talks about it in a way that's understandable. And then how boring it would be if they were all the same, if we only had corn. I mean, that we only had one type of something, how boring our world would be. And it's true. And disability or not, we're all different. Like we're all we all have things that we're really good at. And, you know, that's the first thing I do in our, our first assembly. We talk about like, who's really good at reading? Who's really good at math? Who's good at art, sports, making friends? Okay, thank you. know, Thank you for your honesty. Who has a harder time with reading? Has to take some time to read a big word, right? Who's has a harder time with math? Who's shy? Who has a hard time coloring in between the lines? Who has a hard time hitting a baseball? And I I always try and find, I try mm. and keep it, you know, a wide range so that everyone can say mm-hmm. something they're good at is something they struggle with. And every time kids are raising their hand for both, and you know, and I have them look around the room and see, you know, Billy Bob, who's your best friend, you're good at reading and he's good at math. Look at that. You have different Differences, but you also have similarities because you're both good at baseball. Like that's amazing, right? Just like every single one of us.
1: Oh, so good. That's so good. And so Larkin, what do you recommend for us in talking to our adult friends or family members?
0: I think it's as you said, I think it's important to start with that validation. And I also want to say that we shouldn't always have to be teachers. I don't always want to have to go to the store and always like talk about the Baja. I don't always want to have to do that. But there are moments in time. And I think it's at one moment, I'm like, I can't believe someone would say that to someone else. But at the same moment, I'm like, Thank goodness they did because what an opportunity, right? And especially if it's someone that you are with all the time, it's an opportunity for everybody to grow together. And so validating that, yeah, you know, I used to feel that way too before I had my child. I felt uncomfortable around people with disabilities or people who were X, Y, and Zine. However, What I want you to realize is my son is trying to play with your child the way your child is playing with typically developing children. And he's not quite as fast as those kids. And so... Let's think about a way that our kids can interact together, right? And helping facilitate those interactions and coming from a place that we are all learning. When you create a safe space for people to ask questions and for people to communicate with you, it really creates a a space for belonging. Because when people are scared to say anything, and they don't want to offend you, and, you know, all of that, it puts up that wall and that barrier. It's, It's hard for people because they really just don't understand. I know I didn't until I had James, right? I just, I didn't get it. And one of the things I'll say, like James going to his school for his first year, we had started our presentations the year prior at his school. And so when James walked to campus for his TK year and he was wearing a soft band Baja. He looked, and that's a hearing aid, you know, that looks different. People's never People likely have never seen it before unless they've seen it before. He looked like he was three years old. He was licking his hand. He's eating pureed foods. He wasn't speaking. He was using sign language, right? All of these things that are different. And he has Down syndrome, so he visibly looks different. All of these things that were different about him but he was immediately accepted. And the moment we walked onto campus, they call him like the mayor of his school, right? They He like walks on campus, he's kissing babies and shaking hands because I started that conversation with them before he was there, right? I call it like taking the elephant out of the hallway before it even gets into the room because – Kids are just curious, and people are curious. It's just what it is. And if we can take that as non-disabled humans, and we can take that pressure off of the disabled people to help them enter a room and not get that side eye, but rather get a smile. And hey, how are you? You know, nice to see you. Thank you for being here. What do, What do you like to do? What do you like to play? Starting those conversations and helping facilitate. Is is you know the number one thing uh, that we need to do, and creating those safe spaces for people to communicate and understand, understanding that people aren't if they're trying to talk to you about it, they're not. They're not trying to come at it from a way that that they're like trying to hurt you, even though it feels that way. Don't get me wrong. Like, I want to cry often. <laughs> um, the things and the questions kids ask sometimes are really hard, but they're real questions. You know, they're just trying to understand and wrap their head around something that they're not like a part of. That's not a part of their world.
1: True. And then to have realistic expectations on kids and how they respond and how they react and the questions they ask. And then also let's pause and think about having realistic expectations for the adults in our lives. Because again, like you said, unless they're immersed in the disability community, unless they have a child with unique or extreme needs, they are not going to get it. And so even though it's like, ouch, it feels like a stab to the heart sometimes have compassion that they just don't understand and they don't know what to do with being uncomfortable. And, and can we just say that for every human being that when we get uncomfortable, it's an opportunity to grow. Yes. Right. I had a, I have a, a beloved yoga teacher who would say, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And he meant that because it's an opportunity to grow to listen to the message in the discomfort. And it's okay, but our culture teaches us to push, push, push away anything that's possibly uncomfortable. And then as parents, we can hover over our children sometimes and try to take away all their discomfort, right? But there's nothing wrong with being uncomfortable. There's a message, there's a lesson, there's growth there. There's heart growth that can come out of it.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, encouraging, encouraging our friends and family to, you know, on Instagram and social media, follow disabled adults, learn from the ones who are interested Mm. in speaking out and talking about their disability, talking about the things that make them uncomfortable, learning from autistic adults and, and, you know, language that people with disabilities prefer because the the language is constantly changing. Everything's constantly changing in our world, right? If there's one thing we've learned in these last few years, it's that. So really like learning from the there's no better person to learn from than the people who are have lived experiences. Right. Um, and then being allies and, and shouting worth. And, you know, it's really all we can ask from somebody. Right.
1: Absolutely. Larkin, where can people find you if they either want you to come to their school or they want you to arm them so that they can do a presentation at their school or just have some tools to talk to their family or their community?
0: Yeah, great question. So we have a website, commongroundsociety.org. And then we're also on Instagram. It's commongroundsociety with periods in between Common ground and society. And then on Facebook, it's just at common ground society. And yeah, we would love, we're working on, you know, growing our staff. I finally created a presenter's manual and we're working on figuring out how to be able to vet and train people so that I don't have to do all the presentations. (laughs) And then, you know, we also have those backwards introductions is what I call them, presentations and challenging our community. And, you know, eventually, obviously we're going to take over the world. So be the one to be kind and caring and stand up and just say hi. So yeah thank you for asking
1: Hmm. I want to say this again Larkin remind us of your beautiful tagline
0: it starts with hello and ends with belonging hello belonging
1: I love that thank you for being here and the wonderful amazing transforming work that you are doing Larkin
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I love having these types of conversations and always love hanging out with you. So thank you, Jessica.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Did you know that Brave Together Podcast is an extension of a nonprofit organization called We Are Brave Together? We Are Brave Together is here to combat isolation and compassion fatigue and burnout that moms face by offering support groups, resource groups, retreats and retreat scholarships. If you have never heard of We Are Brave Together, please go to our website today, wearebravetogether.org. And if you're a mom who is seeking support and sisterhood, please fill out the little pop-up form so that you can be a part of this community. Please check out everything that we are offering on our website today.